Hey there, my name is Emil, and you're listening to another episode of Emil in the Morning at Night. Okay, this episode is probably going up a bit later than usual, and I'm really sorry about that, guys. It's been a hectic bunch of days for me as far as travel goes, and I'm still getting used to the Mac. The last time you guys heard from me, I was in New York, but a few days ago, I was just in the UK, and now I'm recording this for you guys from an apartment in Amsterdam. So work's been real rough, and to make things even more hectic, I have a train to catch in a few hours. Been trying to squeeze in as much time as I can to work on these episodes, so hopefully I can release the next one earlier than this. Okay, travel update done, so let's get to the episode, yeah? This week, we talked with Gunship Revolution. They're a freelance art studio that serves the gaming, movie, design, and animation industries in 14 different countries. We sit down and get to talking real talk with Eman Javier, the co-founder, co-owner, president, and managing director of Gunship Revolution. Thoughts, their senior art director, and Xavier Bassa, a senior illustrator for GunRev. Having worked with some pretty established properties out there like Transformers, Masters of the Universe, Star Wars, and even Capcom's Darkstalkers and Mega Man, they shell out some pretty insightful thoughts about the art industry and where it's headed. If you're into stuff like this, I'll be bringing you conversations about life and video games every week, so don't forget to subscribe if you can. Okay, pretty long intro again, so let's get right down to this week's episode, yeah? Here's a meal in the morning at night, episode 9, with Gunship Revolution. First no. time kami interview. Kaya tayo interview. Interview sa ano, di ba? Sa Dejo. Ay, hindi. Pero, ano, as, as gunship, never first time kami. Uh, as gunship. Pero, like, individually. Meron naman kayong experience yeah, pa interview. Na-interview kami nung show nila, Tado. Tado, sila Arning, sila... Strange Brew. Oh, Strange Brew. Oh, radio. Live yun. <laughs> Sato. Like, actually, one of my previous guests, I don't know yung mataka Strange Brew, di ba? Yung director nung, ano, Blue Bustamante. Anyways, <clears throat> yun. Sige. Actually, kanina pa ako nagre-record. Uh, let's start. Are you guys feeling Alright? Yeah! <laughs> so let's start this off. Welcome to another episode of A Meal in the Morning at Night, where I talk to interesting people over a cup of coffee at night. And tonight, with us today, is actually a lot of people. Hindi ako sanay. Hindi ako sanay na ganito karami yung guest ko. Say hi, guys. Atahimik, para magisao. Uh, uh, are you guys doing alright? Yeah. yeah. Tonight, I am with Gunship Revolution. Um, they started as a freelance art studio in 2011 and they're currently serving in 14 different countries with gaming, movies, design, and the animation industries. And they have over 20 members in five different countries. Is that right, guys? Yep. yep. Since I have a lot of guests tonight, let's start this off with like a weird ass roll call. First of all, we have Emma and Javier. Yes? Yes. Um, you are the co founder, co owner, president, and managing director of Gunship Revolution. Yes. Um, and up next, we have um, Thoughts. You are the co owner and senior art director of Gunner. Yep. And over here, we have Sager Basa. Yes. And you are a senior illustrator with Gunship Revolution. Yes. <laughs> are you guys doing all right? Parang a while ago, a while ago, sobrang ingay ninyo eh. Tas now, better the quiet down there. Live kasi live. Live. Hindi naman sa 
Just as a note, nakahubad yung isa dito. Tama, tama. Since audio lang to eh, mahirap mag-visualize yung nangyayari, no? Hindi na narinig yung ano, ni Pulse So guys, like, since ang ramen ninyo, I'm a bit overwhelmed with the amount of people right now in front of me. But, let's try to get right down to the main topic. What is Gunship Revolution? What do you guys do? Um, basically we serve different clients from the gaming, animation, concept art, movie industries. So we provide artworks, character designs, props, and basically almost every 2D art that you see in games. We just don't do the moving stuff. So oh, you don't do the, the animation. Yeah. You don't do the 3D models. You don't do the animation. Well, we well, we do the 3D models, but we don't actually have it move or. Ah, uh, okay, okay. So you guys are in charge of like illustrations, illustrations, the concept, the concept art, yeah. art, that kind of shit. Yeah. How did you guys get this started? Like you guys start in 2011 is that right yeah yes. um how did you guys get all together i mean like i can't help feel but a bit intimidated because you guys are this tight-knit group that have accomplished so much how did you guys get all started um, <laughs> are you all so gonna it, throw it, this no, all to emma no, yeah it's it's a it's a very very long story but it started out around when i was in high school high school all yeah. right that far back huh yeah i started an art group called blitz art so blitz art was just me and a couple of high school friends mm -hmm. uh, that were interested in uh, doing comics uh -huh. were big fans of battle chasers by joe mad after that i attended uh will Tasha's comic creation course mm. so when i moved after third year high school i decided to stay in touch with my high school friends through blitz art mm. so after high school when i attended uh fine arts philippine women's university i decided to continue blitz art and change it into an art group called blitz works we added a couple of new members and we added people that were in our high school classmates so we added Xavier we added different people and different classmates of mine mm -hmm. in fine arts so we added um, David Richardson which mm -hmm. is our senior art director for 3D mm -hmm. so that's where I met David and Origin after that four of the high school the ex high school members of Blitz Art talked to their parents and we decided to put up money to start a company mm -hmm. so when we started a company our original plan was to publish Blitz Works so Blitz Works uh, uh, which we released Comic-Con 2005 2005 was a comic anthology that didn't do so well because uh, misprints and uh, distribution problems and whatnot after that while we were still running Blitzworks I met Ian mm -hmm. we started Mangaholics Groundbreakers around 2006 so from 2006 to 2011 we were under Groundbreakers <laughs> alright so wow you weren't kidding this is a long yeah. story okay so from Groundbreakers that's where I met Thoughts, Thoughts and oh. Raphael Knock and mm -hmm. Chris Chrisison. Marty I met during uh, Blitzworks. Yeah, still in Blitzworks yet. Yeah. Bunda, the other co-founder of Gunship, I also met around 2004, 2005 I think, mm -hmm. under Blitzworks. We're a mix of Blitzworks and Mangaholics. So you're a mix of all sorts of groups yeah. and you guys just decided to form under Gunship Revolution? Yeah, after we left Grumbreakers, mm -hmm. uh, Marty was working in the advertising industry. Okay. And we decided to start some sort of a home-based freelance system. So we talked with Harvey Bunda, the other co-founder of Gunship. Mm -hmm. um, 
we decided that for the first uh, few months of 2012, we would move to Cavite. Cavite. And finalize the system and make the site and market the artists. So we started doing actual projects around summer of 2012. Oh, so we wow. started from November of 2011. Then we just built the system and make the website work. And you guys just built it up and built it up until we're here yeah. now today. You weren't kidding when you said it was a really long story. Yeah, we and we really started when we were really, really, really young. Yeah, I mean like high school. That's quite yeah. admirable actually that you guys can have like foresight to try to build something bigger than yourselves. Yeah, we failed a lot of times before <laughs> we succeeded with Gunship. Now that we're talking about Gunship Revolution, like a lot, how about you guys? You guys have been quiet so far, thought safe. Like how did you guys end up with Gunship Revolution? I was forced. <laughs> <laughs> At gunpoint, yeah? At gunpoint, yeah. <laughs> so what happened? So you... I've been friends with Eman and Jave and other guys since, like we said, Mangaholic. Uh, so when he decided to create a new group, there's no one, no brainer na. Kailangan ko na sumali sa kanila. Ah, okay, okay. I trust these guys. <laughs> I don't know why, but... Uh... <laughs> and we love thoughts. <laughs> you make it sound like they're untrustworthy people, but I'm sure they're just your friends, right? Yes, they are. Uh, so, <laughs> so you're the senior art director. What got you into like art actually? Now that I think about it, all of you guys gathering under this one banner, it's kind of amazing. But at the same time, all of you got into art on your own, right? Yep. Yeah. So how did that start for you? Thoughts? You're the senior art director. I don't know. How did you get into it? When I was young, I like to be an astronaut or a <laughs> paleontologist. They like dinosaurs and stuff. Really? But, me too. I wanted to be a paleontologist. Know, I, just, yeah. I just ended up here. <laughs> I, just, I just woke up and I was like, what am I doing? It's <laughs> a pretty good backstory. I wanted to be an astronaut and a paleontologist. Yeah. One day, I woke up and I was an artist. Yep. <laughs> So much. <laughs> so like, um, what were your influences growing up? I mean, like, I'm sure you like Jurassic Park because you said you're like paleontology. But like, what got you into the art thing? Actually, what got you drawing? Hindi ko siya na realize. Parang I just started drawing dinosaurs. So parang unti-unting na tukro pa practice ako sa ka drawing because mm -hmm. I like dinosaurs. So <laughs> yeah, yun yun na parang yun na naglead. So we all have dinosaurs to thank for you being an artist. Yes. <laughs> oh shit! Did you guys know this about him? <laughs> oh, oh, what? All of my other guests are like shaking their oh. heads in disbelief. What about you, Save? What got you in dinosaurs? Uh, well, <laughs> are you yeah, a dinosaur I, guy too? Yes, I am. But uh, uh, I was an '80s kid. '80s kid, all right. Yeah, so that was a time when uh, we had a lot of you know toys, cartoons. Mm -hmm. So it was a boom of a marketing of toys in cartoons. So I guess during that time, I, that got me into drawing a lot so you know those times G.I. Joe Transformers Thundercats so that uh, got me started into comic books comic books okay Marvel during that time we don't have a uh, comic book store yet so I mm -hmm. get my comics in Cavite in a special bookstore a I special think. bookstore yeah, what does yeah. that mean it's the only bookstore <laughs> yeah, yeah it's the only <laughs> that's special, what made it special, special I, I don't know how they, they got it's your only one yeah during that time <laughs> okay. we, we didn't have fill bars or comic odyssey comic odyssey with a book sale no fill bars so yeah, i was into you know but i wasn't really that serious i just draw what i want and in high school i guess uh during fourth year i i uh, discovered x-men x-men so that got me started into you know, without formal training, I, I copied comic books. Although, if you look at my drawings before, mm -hmm. right, without proper books to teach you, 
I guess it, it's that it's what got me started. When I finished high school, I, I thought I can leave the comics and drawing behind, so I enrolled in business course. But I found myself doodling, doing oh, accounting, all right. doing, so that's the time that I decided to switch course. Mm-hmm. I didn't switch into fine arts. I switched into uh, industrial design. I did a lot of drawings, but very technical. <laughs> Not the kind of drawings you liked. Actually, yeah? I, I like it. It became, I guess, a foundation for technical illustration. In my head, so that became sort of your classical training, yeah? Yes, yeah. When I graduated, I met Eman in the Blitzworks guys. I wanted to release a comic book because during college, I was with some friends. We planned to uh, release a comic but it didn't work out. So I, I was looking for another group. I met Eman. They were still kids. Uh, High school kids. Hanging out with college too. <laughs> <laughs> they were very different back then. No? Very rowdy, very... <laughs> Very different. In Not fact. anymore. <laughs> yeah, uh, Eman was big. <laughs> anyway, that's a different story. Um, that's a different story. Huh? Yeah, okay, okay, um, that sounds wrong. In the middle of the answer, Eman was big. Eman was back when I met Eman. Boss, he was big. Boss, he was So you met Eman, yeah. I don't know why I hanged out with him. I, 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 I'm supposed to be looking for work because I, I just quit my my. I just resigned from an IT related job. Uh-huh. I met them. Then I wanted to, you know, release a comic book. I don't know. They were unorganized before, but I, I saw their passion. So you saw uh, the passion. You saw yeah. the potential. Yeah. yeah. So I, I. So instead of looking for a job, you hung out with the college kids. <laughs> yes. No college. Their college by that time. Yeah. Wow, that's pretty amazing. You seem to be a central figure in all of this, Eman. So what got so you? Asian gravitation. My Asian gravitation. Well, started out when my dad bought me my first comic book Fantastic Four uh, I was interested in comics right away you got started with the Fantastic Four yeah I really wanted to make comics draw and everything and when I <laughs> entered fine arts I realized I had no talent for it <laughs> holy shit yeah that's why I shifted from fine arts to business management after two years mm-hmm. after business management that's the time when I also met one of the co-owners of Gunship Wilfred Custodio he runs a shipping company here in the Philippines but he handles our accounts a shipping company Company. Yeah. Is that why you guys are called gunship? No. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> Anyways, keep going, keep going. Basically, I said I, I really love anime games and comics and it just felt right to start a group with artists. Wait, you said you went into fine arts but found that you had no talent for yeah. it. Talent for drawing. Really? So you're in the middle of this mess of artists working together but... They're, they're the part... Um, they helped me realize that I had no talent because by knowing them, I'm like, damn, I draw really bad. <laughs> so, like, you're really into art, you're really into comics, yeah. but you found that you had no talent for it. I so. can art direct, or I can spot what's wrong with an artwork, but I okay. can't actually do that. <laughs> so, instead of actually being able to do the art that you love, you found to be able to channel it by forming together this group of artists that yeah, can do I, something greater, yeah? I like working with creative people there's, there's certain type of energy that you don't get by working with other types like office types yeah i understand that completely yeah, it's, it's a lot more fun and every project every day is interesting Aww. <laughs> Aww. <laughs> uh, sweet ain't that sweet ain't that sweet so you guys started out as this like ragtag group of people from college and save jumping along so when you guys started out how was it i mean like you guys are really talented people and you guys have worked with quite the amazing group of people I mean you guys have worked for all sorts of names and I'm sure that the local populace here a majority of them isn't even aware that under their noses all of this talent is hiding here right here in Metro Manila how did you
you guys start? How did you guys like start reaching out? How did you guys like start getting these types of projects under your belt? Well, first we collected all the artworks from the people who wanted to join Gunship Revolution at the start. So I contacted all the members and all the other artists that weren't members of uh, Groundbreakers but we worked with before. We collected their work and asked them if they were interested in a sort of freelance agency type of thing. Once we collected all the artworks, we lived in Cavite in a haunted place for <laughs> some time. It was haunted. Uh, there, was a haunted <laughs> there was a haunted house beside our apartment and there was a haunted school behind our apartment <laughs> and there was a haunted uh, even the room itself was haunted right everything was haunted yeah it's really haunted when you guys started your company you guys rented out the place uh, that haunted. everything was haunted yes <laughs> yeah even yeah. maganda Gabibay and featured the house that was beside our apartment oh. so really, it was that creepy provincia type creepy level of creepy. Okay. Yeah, they, they were since they moved out there i helped them out you know move stuff they kept mentioning a haunted house and i didn't believe them but when i got there whoa <laughs> yeah that <laughs> is a haunted house <laughs> haunted <laughs> that really really it looks haunted. <laughs> so when you guys started out in your haunted house in Cavite, like <laughs> we collected all the art. Then with Harvey Bunda, our other co-founder, mm -hmm. we built our site. After building our site, we sent out emails. And our first mentality when we were sending out emails were just keep trying, just keep showing people our work, and eventually we will get gigs. Mm -hmm. We weren't like ah that company will never hire us. Like, oh, like that right. mentality. No, we just sent everyone. So you guys were very aggressive. Yeah. Uh, I think at the start Start around March, we sent over 500 emails. <laughs> 500 emails yeah. the first month. Yeah. Wow. 500 emails. Then the year after 2013, we doubled it around 1,000 emails. Did you guys get word back right away? No. What we learned was when you send out like 500 or 1,000, expect around five to ten percent of them will only reply. Holy shit. Yeah, uh, but if we didn't email all of those people, we wouldn't know. You wouldn't would get that five yeah. percent. You wouldn't get that ten percent yeah, back. Yeah. So we just emailed and emailed and emailed then I keep asking the guys for a higher level of work so we can get more projects. Oh wow, that's pretty amazing to me because like I have no experience in this type of industry. Like I'm not an artist. I don't understand this type of work. And you guys push out so much. You guys try to push out a high quality of work and try to reach out to so many people at the same time. To someone like me, I'm your regular Joe type guy who doesn't know anything about this type of industry. And it's just amazing that like a group of you people are here locally and like I don't think anyone is aware that you guys are operating here. Are you guys used to being like under the radar? We're not focused on local companies. Basically, when people ask, oh, what do you guys do? Instead of mentioning games that we know that they won't react to, like when we say Applebot and normal people like, oh, huh? what's that? Uh -huh. So it's a Japanese uh, mobile gaming company. Okay. We just mentioned, uh, you know, Yabu, the art on the wall. Yeah, one of our guys oh, did Oh, you just that. mentioned yeah, that. Yeah, you just mentioned just that. Mentioned that. Yabu? So you guys actually work for all these foreign companies, but when you you're asked about your work personally, you just mentioned the local stuff, yeah? Yeah, and our only local stuff is Yabu. Really? That's uh, it? Yeah. Oh, wow. Because so, Yabu, Yabu was with us even way before we started. Okay, so what I'm seeing here, you guys are very focused in getting your art out there. Do you guys have any opinions about the local art scene though? <laughs> here, here we go, ba. Here we go, ba. Medyo merong kaming um, concern regarding yung sa next generation of artists. Really? How come? 
usually we divide the fresh grads or the people with potential mm -hmm. into two groups. The people who are sort of like rainmakers and the grinders. The rainmakers are the artists who are focused on impact. Impact. Yeah, they focus on the likes, the followers, their own market. Okay. Faves. Yeah, the faves. They do everything to keep <laughs> their market interested. So they're like marketing themselves as a part of their art, as a part of the product. So they're focused mainly on exposure, yes? Yeah. Exposure, popularity, usually they only take on projects that they will really do well. Okay. They will really represent them. Uh -huh. So they don't like to change their art styles, which is good because you have control over your career. Uh -huh. The bad part of that mentality is we get stuck inside your comfort zone. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So when projects that you're uncomfortable with arrive. arrive, you're not prepared because you've been taking it easy for, <laughs> for yeah. the past couple of years because you're only taking projects that you were interested in. In that artist's perspective, he might not have been taking it easy but just the fact that they don't want to get out of their comfort zone actually yeah. prevents a new type of growth yeah? yeah okay so what's the other type the grinder the grinder or the artists are behind the scenes type they do everything they take on everything just for the learning experience to build the foundation okay so once they build the foundation then they expand to pursuing their career since the grinders their attention and uh, profit isn't always as clear uh, I can imagine <laughs> yeah it'll take years and years and years but if you build enough foundation, you can practically do anything. So the rainmakers, the guys who are focused on likes and faves, they sort of get corrupted by the popularity. Mm? Like, all right, in what way? Like their fans will tell them that this is good or this is this is great, your art looks good. Even when art directors from other companies will say that their art looks wrong, in their head, no, it's not. No, no, it's not because oh, okay. I, I have a huge fan base, and who are you to tell me that my art is wrong? Oh, that makes sense. They're sort of corrupted by the feedback. So what inspires them to make more art is also corrupting their perspective on, <laughs> on actual work. When I talk to other project managers from other companies who deal with these type of artists, they tell me they can't do a correction because it's their style. So the project managers from the other companies, I can't use that excuse to present to my client. I can't say, I'm sorry, he can't shorten the length of the arm because that's his style. Ah, uh, alright. So you see, you see the problem. Even so, if it's wrong. Yeah. <laughs> so the aspiring artists, the students, they get sort of messed up because of the community system mm -hmm. so when you go to a certain school or something you, you hear like Idol, idol, ang galing mo, galing, galing mong drawing, ganyan. Mm -hmm. It leads into their head and when they graduate, when they apply it to companies like us, we like, dude, your arm's wrong, you don't have background, <laughs> you have perspective, and other people can't even apply properly with no with no introduction letter. Mm -hmm. It's like really bad applicants all over the place. That kind of makes sense to me. I mean, like, I think that type of thinking is very prevalent here in our local culture. You see a lot of people who do good things. They're very talented people, but once they get popular it kind of peters out you know what I mean why do you think this is a problem why do you think this is such a prevalent problem in our society right now do you guys have an opinion on it save um, thoughts Facebook Facebook actually yeah, social um, network yeah social network yeah. yeah that might be a thing because like we were voted the number one country that loves to use social media we're not surprised uh, yeah we were voted as the top country I think that is most attached it's social media. We use it to get news, we use it to check the weather, we use it to check traffic. Yeah, we use it for everything. Yeah. What about you, Save Dots? What are your opinions on the local art industry? Well, Saver teaches in a couple of art schools here. In oh, you teach? Yes. Yeah. Um, where do you teach? In I Academy and in CSB. 
I Academy and CSB. All right, all right. So what do you teach? Basically, foundation courses like figure drawing, animal anatomy. I also teach some graphic design, basic Photoshop Illustrator. So with your interactions with the younger generation, do you have any observations about the local art scene, things like that? With the students, I see a lot of potential. Mm -hmm. But to be realistic, in a section, probably I can only spot three out of 20, something like three that. Three out of 20? But doesn't mean that the others, I mean, the others can still develop. But I guess I did encounter a lot of attitude problems, especially with the younger yep. generation now. I mean, attitude they, problems like, I mean, oh. I'm already good when they enter the Oh, okay. So like a refusal to learn and leave their comfort zone? Yeah. Your main observation is like, a lot of these people have potential, but they really don't want to leave their comfort zones, huh? So it's the same with you and Emma. What about you, Tots? going to hurt a lot of feelings if I speak about the local industry, the local art industry. <laughs> really? Yes. So I suppose he saved na chasi. What what we talked about are still the no no the kids. The kids. But, uh, local, locally, no. I mean comics or in the art industry. For example, in comics, what what, what can we say about comics? Comics, um, comics in the Philippines. We have a lot of representatives abroad. We have a lot of local comic book artists doing stuff for Marvel, for DC. So basically, don't have problems in the comic industry side. On our side, the, the concept art and the illustration, that's where the problem shows up. Because the talent isn't there. Well, it's there, but the attitude is wrong. And I don't know if we're a good enough influence to help the next generation fix our problems. Because I think one of the main solutions to fix the problems in the local art industry is self-awareness. Self-awareness. Yeah. When we encounter artists, we tell them that there are two key characteristics that we look for. It's drive and self-awareness. The self-awareness part covers the part that you know which part you play in the system. Okay. You're the artist. Mm -hmm. You're the client. You serve them. You make work enough for you to get hired. This is your purpose. This is your role. That's very You're, interesting because yeah. usually when I'm talking to someone about being an artist and things like that, usually that first requirement is there. The drive. You must have the drive. You must yeah. never stop. Stuff yeah. like that. But it's very rare to hear the whole self-awareness thing. They must be self-aware. And that's very important to you guys. Yes? Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Because we encounter a lot of artists who have the drive they want to improve but they're not self-aware they don't know what they lack they don't know their strengths they don't know how to apply for work they don't know how to market themselves properly they also need drive to counteract that part when self-awareness kicks in and you realize that you're not uh, adequate because sometimes yeah. when that self-awareness kicks in you start losing the drive yeah, yeah. self-awareness kicks in and damn hindi ko ito, or damn my idol did this in this age like hindi ko naabot yung ginawa niya nung ganito siya yeah. katanda yeah that's where drive kicks in so if you're self-aware you know what you need to do and you use drive as energy to push forward instead of holding you back like oh yeah. just do something else okay that makes sense that makes sense so those two characteristics are really what we're looking for We've been covering a lot of ground already. I usually talk to artists, yeah, and like this is the first time. Well, actually, no. Now that I think about it, this isn't the first time I've interviewed a group of artists that collaborate together and work together as a group. One of my first guests actually was somebody from Thirteen Lucky Monkey, and they're very similar to you guys, but instead of digital media, they're all sculptors instead. They all make biker skull rings, and they all have international clientele as well, and that's pretty amazing. Um, what kind of companies have you guys worked for, if you don't mind me asking? Oh, we did some stuff for Capcom, Mini Darkstalkers, and Mega Man. 
Uh, we did stuff for Star Wars, a Bounty Hunter guidebook, illustrations, concept art. We also did some game art for Big Hero 6, the bot fight game. Doing some Transformers yeah, right Transformers. Transformers. Yeah, we're doing Transformers right now. Mostly illustrations and concept art for future products. Our main bulk of our work is usually from people who just start their game companies in Kickstarter. Small game developers and slowly turn themselves into big companies. So we usually, we like working with smaller companies. Yeah, small, smaller companies because they have a lot more control and we want to grow with them. Oh, alright. Yeah, it's fun to work with big companies like Disney, Marvel, and Warner Bros. and Capcom. But it's fun when you're interacting with the game developer itself. Uh-huh. itself uh-huh. Yeah. There's passion or an extra amount of energy with their feedback and they're really passionate about their product and they really want to reach their market. Gives us extra an extra push. Uh, sometimes we're really more proud of our small, smaller work. Yeah, smaller, smaller work, work compared to our bigger work. Because our bigger work is like, what, five, six pieces of a game that's a mobile game that, what, Last like two three months and it's out. It's not popular anymore. Oh wow! Compared right. to like board games that like stick for months and years. That's pretty amazing though, because you guys mentioned that you guys worked on Darkstalkers, Mega Man, Star Wars, Transformers. Those are pretty big names, and like I'm sure when people hear that you guys have worked on these properties, they'd be pretty amazed. But you guys actually love your smaller work more, huh? Because you can imagine new stuff. We're working for Mega Man. And then the idea. We're so just redrawing it. For originals, new stuff, new IPs. We get to make new illustration, new characters. Oh, freedom. Okay. There's freedom. So you guys get to be a part of the creation yeah. process. Yeah. You get to exercise the imagination. Oh, wow. When, when existing IPs, the big IPs, like the character has to look like this. This part has to... Oh, usually they have part. a Bible, yeah. right? Yeah. Usually they have a so Bible. Rules. Sometimes it's not really much of a creative process. It's more like repeating uh, a formula. <laughs> and and they, like, we don't want to work for them. We like to work for them. Yeah, we like, we like working <laughs> for them. That's a pretty good thing to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love you, Asbro. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you gotta love these people. Okay, now that we've gotten to know a lot about how Gunship started and a lot about your philosophies, walk us through a day in the life of Gunship. Like, how is it like working with you guys? What does an artist at Gunship Revolution go through on a well, day-to-day for basis? for me, as an art director, example, I woke up at around 1 p.m. 1 p.m.? You wake up at 1 p.m.? because yeah, I slept like 6 a.m. Oh, okay. So <laughs> that balances it out. Uh, All right. So 1 p.m., then I will check my email, check uh, revisions, edits, check my other artist's work, mm-hmm. I have to edit it, then send it out. I will be able to work on my own stuff around 3. 3 p.m. <laughs> Alright, yes. so two hours of checking email. Yep. Holy crap. Checking email, reading briefs. And... I mean, you guys send a lot of emails. I'm sure you guys get yes. back a lot of emails. Holy yep. shit. And usually, we get feedbacks from clients because they're abroad. Yeah. So we get it like 3 a.m. Yeah, um, some of our clients are like minus 12 hours from us. So oh, man. They're, the start of their work days is around 10 p.m. for us. So we start <laughs> sometimes and I start our work day at 10 p.m. 10 p.m. to 5 a.m. Holy shit. And you guys have an office? Do you guys have a place? Home-based. We're all home-based. It's all home-based. So yeah. you guys just all communicate through Not email. Not right yeah. now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're actually at an apartment of one of the members here and he's working on his PC right now as we do the interview. It's pretty amazing. So you guys all work from home and all just communicate through the internet? Yep. Yeah. Wow. That's really impressive because usually you'd have an office environment, 
and that would make communicating a lot easier for you. Prefer not to have an office. Uh. Oh, really? You guys find that counterintuitive to your work? Oh, uh, we tried living in one place before when we were doing Mancaholics, and we found out that every artist has different comfort zone. Oh, well, okay. comfort zone in terms of the work environment. I like noise. I don't like noise. I don't like being bothered. I like. I don't like Eman. Yeah. <laughs> I like being naked. Yeah. 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 Stuff like that. Yeah, it helps them with the creative process, and it's also cheaper and more convenient for us. Oh, okay. Or not a convenience, but also works to boost efficiency individually. Yeah. Oh, that's pretty amazing. You guys seem like a really busy bunch. What about you, say, as a senior yeah. illustrator? What's it like being in your boots for a day? Well, I also teach part-time, so... That's a pretty Actually, full plate. Yeah. <laughs> uh, also, I am a father, so... Oh, wow. So, you have a lot to juggle, yeah? Yeah, sometimes I always need to check on my mobile. Just yesterday, I submitted some drawings. Mm -hmm. So I had to take them out, my wife and kid. We had to do some groceries. So I have to keep on checking my mobile if, uh, for feedback. For feedback. Yeah. Oh, wow. So sometimes if I am offline, away from the keyboard, they'll message me, go online. Wait, I'm still in the mall. <laughs> so I, 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 I'll open up Skype or something. Or sometimes if I'm in the mall, I have have my laptop, someone will message me, go online. So I will go to the food court, open my laptop, find a good spot, go online. Wow, you yeah. guys like <laughs> seem like you're juggling a lot of things. With you, Emma, and, like with all their stories, you're in the middle of all this. So yeah. how's it like for you, Noah? Uh... <laughs> That's a really long... Uh... I bother him a lot. <laughs> I have a certain set of stuff I need to do daily. I eat at a certain time. I sleep at a certain time, I <laughs> exercise at a certain time, I study at a certain time. So you have a very rigid schedule, yeah? yeah? Every day I have a sort of like quota that I have to meet, like I have to study this language for two hours, <laughs> I have to study this language for two hours, I have to work for three hours, then we have to work out for one hour. Like, study a language, did you say? Yeah. Besides all of this, you're also studying new languages? Yeah, uh, it's also for... <laughs> it's for, for work. For, yeah, for it's for work. Currently studying Nihongo, so I can better market like, to people the like Japanese Chris, clients. Yeah, Japanese right. clients to break down the language barrier. language barrier yeah basically that's it everything has a schedule for me wow yeah. like you guys weren't kidding when you guys said that you guys are all kind of breaking out of your comfort zones and just doing everything all yeah. at the same time if I, I can mean, work right now I will work <laughs> <laughs> getting interviewed so like Gunship Revolution is like a group of workaholics I like, know I mean have to. yeah you guys like keep pushing the limit and that to me is pretty impressive okay so we've covered a lot so far let's take a quick break alright let's just take a quick break we'll be right back you're listening to Emil in the Morning at Night. Honestly, I don't have much to say here just yet, but if you have any ideas or if you would like me to talk about your stuff in this section, send us an email over at emilinthemorning at gmail.com. Now, I hope you guys are enjoying the show so far, so let's get right back to it. And we're back! We were talking about like all your work schedules and stuff like that. Man, you guys are like a quiet bunch. When I'm not asking like a specific question, you guys just like settle down into your work mode. It feels like you guys are always at work. We're planning what we're gonna do when we get home. <laughs> Holy shit, wow. You guys are so busy. How do you guys find time for anything else? What do you guys do on your personal time? <laughs> so when you're not working on projects, thoughts, on your free personal time, you decide to paint. Yes. What do you usually paint? I'm making my own 
IP. Your own IP, alright. Stuff where you can leave gunship. I <laughs> 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 just kidding. <laughs> no, for personal stuff, you know, for friends mm-hmm. when I go to con, I can sell some stuff. Even on your personal time, you're really absorbed with the art thing, yeah? <laughs> I don't like traveling. <laughs> <laughs> you don't like traveling? You don't like other, like. No, I don't like traveling. Fa- Getting fat. <laughs> what about you guys? What do you guys do on your personal time? Yeah. Personal time, I I used to travel a lot. At home, of course, I have a kid. But aside from that, I guess Draw. downloading, <laughs> watching, downloading, downloading legal stuff, <laughs> downloading very legal very materials, legal material. very legal materials. Watching. I I don't watch the TV anymore. I yeah, yeah. Myself. It's been forever since yeah. I've turned on the TV, man. Yeah. If I have the time, I build some kits. Build some kits here and there, yeah? So, so far we have a guy who paints in his spare time and a guy who builds kits and downloads very legal material. Yeah, very, very legal material. What about you, Eman? Yeah. Well, besides studying... um, Studying Nihongo, yeah? Yeah. Focus on my health, exercise, workout, plan out my meals. Your health, yeah. Yeah. I actually heard you're a big fitness buff. What's that about? I found out really, really early that if I'm unhealthy, I can't maintain this type of lifestyle where I have to always be balanced when I contact with artists, with clients. So if... Mm -hmm. When I was unhealthy, I was emotionally... Emotionally unbalanced. Yeah, yeah. unbalanced, yeah. So I found out that health is really important to keep up with this lifestyle and keep pursuing goals and... Mm-hmm. Stuff like that. So mainly focus on studying, working, workout, eating. Your strict regiment that you mentioned yeah. a while ago, yeah. yeah. I also started French last year. Yeah. Wow, that's a really challenging okay. language. So part of my two hours each per day is French and Japanese. Wow, we have three very, very busy gentlemen in front of us. One paints during his spare time, one learns languages and like works out in his spare time. And you tend to your family and like it's blowing my mind how busy you guys are. How do you guys have time for anything? Um, This is a podcast about video games and like I talk to artists and stuff like that and their geeky interests. Do you guys like have time to play anything? Video games? Are you guys into video games? I love video games. I like playing solitaire. (laughs) (laughs) It's my favorite game. What about you guys? Are you guys into any sorts Uh, of media? I played a lot of PlayStation 1, but Mm -hmm. the part that I used to stick with habits, Mm -hmm. get too absorbed, like addicted to stuff. Mm -hmm. Like I have to do it every day and it becomes a habit. Uh So I can't really dive into games because I get self-absorbed. So I get addicted. So I don't really... So you try to avoid it? Yeah, I try to avoid really, really, really addictive games. You say? I try to be a gamer, but I I really suck. So (laughs) nowadays, usually the games I just play are my mobile games. Although I'm waiting for this PC game, Mm -hmm. Transformers Devastation. Have you heard about it? No, actually. It's a G1 Transformers video game. They hired all the voice actors of the 80s. I'm looking for the old style one, not the Michael Bay one. Yes. So (laughs) that's some very important information. If you're looking for hardcore gamers, Nock is a one of our our, uh, (laughs) over over here. Over here, working on his computer. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. He's a hardcore video game enthusiast. Enthusiast. So you guys have transitioned in your life to a point where you guys actually don't have time for games, and like you guys are very goal oriented. You like to work for games. (laughs) (laughs) You like to work for games. You like to work for games than. 
play game companies who are listening we like to work for you <laughs> I mean like you guys have already mentioned you guys have worked for people like Capcom I'm sure when other people hear about that kind of stuff they hear like oh you guys work for Capcom it's my dream to work for Capcom these people have idolized these game companies and like it's been such a big part of their lives and you guys you guys just work with these people um growing up how were like games that influenced you guys because like you guys work with these big name companies and did you guys ever have a point in your lives where you're like wow i'm working for capcom i think i had it when we were working for king of fighters king of fighters you yeah, guys did SNK, stuff for kof yeah snk play more when i was a kid i used to have mini tournaments with my brother you're um, big on the fighting games yeah, yeah. King of i fighters. see two fight sticks over there yeah yeah i was really really addicted to king of fighters i started 94 mm-hmm. so king of fighters 94 the, king of the, fighters the, the, 94 the, yeah the very the very first king of fighters and i just lost interest in it when combos became too complicated oh to too complicated to follow yeah. yeah for sure i mean it requires a very high amount of investment to get into what about the rest of you um what were the type of like iconic video games that influenced oh, you? Yeah. RPG. RPGs. Final, Final Fantasy 7, 8, Xenogears. Yeah, Xenogears. Yeah. That is my Bring favorite favorite game in the world. Xenogears. Yep. What's the best game? Holy shit. It's so hard for me to find people who like Xenogears too. Usually when I mention my favorite game is Xenogears and they're like, Xeno what? What about these RPGs influence you in your art and like how you work and who you are now? I use them for like concept, seeing how they are designed, how they look on the screen, how they move. Uh, Regarding video game art, I guess during my college days I was influenced by the Capcom art. During that time, I didn't know who they were. Now I know who they are. Like uh, <laughs> Akiman, Bengus, Nishimura. During that time, I didn't know who they were. So post-16-bit revolution, I didn't own a console. I just hung out with friends who had a console. Mm-hmm. So if I'm not playing, I just watch them. I watch the graphics. Uh-huh. Also, during my high school, early college days, I hung around in the arcade. Uh-huh. I just watch people play. I watch them not for their strategy or combos. I watch it for the graphics. Uh-huh. So sometimes I tell them, don't press that button yet. I want to see the. Uh, <laughs> you want to see the pose, yeah? Uh, the winning stance. Yeah, the winning the stance. The win pose, yeah. The win poses, or sometimes in, in Darkstalkers, they have like uh, a story of uh-huh. what happens after they defeat the. Uh, who's that? Jedha. No, no, no. Before Jedha, there was this Pyro, Pyro I think. Uh, Pyro, Pyron, Pyron, yeah. yeah. I wanted to see what happened. So I, I hung out there. When I see a really good gamer, uh-huh. I, I just stand at their back. I'm really wishing that they can finish the game. Yeah, yeah, so, so you can they, see the ending, yeah. yeah. So I, I I tell them please don't press the the start the button, start button yes. to restart or what. So yeah. I, I want to see the ending. So I that's I, really I, creepy. Yeah, I do that. Oh, so you just stand so, behind oh, people oh, in the arcade. Yeah. Please don't press start. <laughs> so don't you know press I, I wanted to I wanted to know what happened to that character. Also, look and at that's the how I met Savior. <laughs> just <laughs> creeping behind you. <laughs> so you know with, uh, the end story, you'll see different drawings and you know. I yeah. really understand that actually. Now that you're talking about Darkstalkers, one of the things for me back when I was younger, I would watch people playing Darkstalkers and whenever someone would pick Dimitri, I'd get like real hype. I'd be like, yes, do the move, do the move, do the move that grabs a character and then turns them into a girl, right? Right? Because everyone had a gender-bent version of themselves. And I'd be like, what does Raptor look like as a girl? What does Jedha look like as a girl? Mm." You were one of those guys. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, man. You can't blame me for that. It was a cool move. Time to go. <laughs> <laughs> and to 
me, it was kind of amazing that a game like this, imagine that there was already so much work put into this game to like fix the fighting engine, fix all the moves, fix all the animations, and then they make this one character and they say to the artists, they're like, hey, we made this character. I know you already drew all of his poses. I know you already animated all of his shit, but we have this one move and I need you to draw female versions of all the sprites. <laughs> so it's pretty amazing for me that like that one move had so much work on the artist's part. Like, yeah. do you guys experience anything like this? Yes. <laughs> a very deadpan yes from yeah. Dots over here. You guys sometimes have work that sometimes goes underappreciated or like hidden away in games, usually like as a secret or anything like that. Oh, not really. Well, except for concept art, because a lot of concept art doesn't really appear on the final. Yeah. Oh yeah, that makes sense. Your, that design, makes sense. your, your design work is just... So we like to work on card illustration. Card illustration. Because what you do, it's... Yeah. <laughs> what's going to come out, going to come out. Okay, that's pretty interesting. Um, speaking of, do you have any current projects that you guys might want to talk about? Anything interesting that our listeners might want to hear? Maybe get some perspective on what you guys work on? Well, recently we announced on our Facebook, Seven Seas plans to release a book version of Wizard of Oz. A book version of Wizard of Oz, okay. Yeah, it's gonna be similar to what Christian did with Alice, which was a big hit in Japan. They're doing it again with Wizard of Oz, so we have more than 100 illustrations. Mm -hmm. And I think that's gonna come out somewhere next year. Besides that... We just wrapped up our work for Elder School card game. A digital trading card game. I think by the time this thing wraps up, it's already out. Oh, that would be cool. Yeah. Um, so you guys work for Bethesda? Yeah. Yep. It's one of those projects that really pushes an artist to increase the quality because there's enough fan base for the IP. Especially really. when you see the other artworks by yeah. other famous, I mean, God-level artists. God-level artists, huh? Since just, you're working yeah. side by side yeah. with these people. Just, just to clarify, when we said all those things about the industry and about the aspiring artists and stuff, we're not claiming we're the best. Actually, based on our experience for the past few years, we actually rank ourselves as around the B-level studio. Huh. So there are studios out there that are class A, and class S. Oh, so my we, S rank pa. Yeah, uh, we usually work with studios that are class S and learn from them. We treat them like they're big brothers. All right. <laughs> so there are other artists here that when they talk to us, like, Idol again, you're the best and blah, blah, blah. We're not the best. <laughs> we are aware that we're just a B-level studio when you compare us to the global industry. Yeah, I think when you guys explained your earlier philosophy, I don't think I would have ever assumed that you guys would think you're the best. Yeah, I mean, not the best. With that sort of philosophy that with... Um, uh, your drive needs to come your self-awareness. I would assume that as a group, you guys have this perspective that you should always improve. There's always something yeah. better. We want to be the best and we want to work with the best, work with the best IPs, but we know where where our level is right now. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Anything else you guys want to specifically talk about? We've talked a lot about how Gunship started, how you guys met, what you guys do on your personal time. We've talked about your interest in dinosaurs. We've talked about <laughs> your very legal downloads. <laughs> is there anything else you guys want to talk about well um, we're also planning a nationwide contest an art contest an art contest yeah. all right we've partnered with comic-con we're gonna release uh, information about it very 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 soon it's gonna be open to all ages filipino citizen it's gonna have a 500 dollars prize for the first place a 300 dollars prize for the second place and a 200 dollars prize for the third place we also have gift packs from soda pop miniatures as prizes uh they co-sponsored the contest 
contest. Basically, we wanted to do an anime contest just to fish out all the talented anime artists in the country because what some of you might have missed is that some of our artists are working in the province, like Kevin DeBranda. He's working out of Quezon province right now. Oh, wow. I mean, like you guys mentioned a while ago, you guys don't have an office, so yeah. like... For like Kevin, we haven't seen him in like Ages. three, four years. <laughs> Holy crap! But we, but we're working him regularly. But you're consistently working with yeah. the guy, but yeah. you haven't seen him in real life for three years. Yeah. <laughs> so if people like that, people like Kevin who are living in Quezon Province are hidden away and we don't know about them, so we're gonna use this contest to fish from Mindanao, from Cebu. So we're gonna get entries all over the place. When are you guys starting this? Uh, around September. Yeah. September. Yeah. Around September 2015. Yeah. yeah. All right. That's something to look for. To. I'm sure there are a lot of artists out there who need that small push from a studio. Um, small push money. <laughs> who need that small push small though? $500 push. Holy <laughs> crap, a $500 push. I think sometimes one of the big things that an artist struggles with are sometimes the bills, right? Yeah. You can work on your art as much as you want, but at the end of the day, like if you can't sustain for yourself, that's a very tough thing for an artist. Yeah. Have you guys had any struggles with that sort of stuff? Maybe when you were starting out, yeah? Well, I was. Because when Gunship started, I moved out and stayed in an apartment on my own. Mm -hmm. So all the savings I have almost drained out. <laughs> all right. <laughs> so I started commissioned, then Emman started, then yeah, slowly I built up again. Now he has two Cintiqs. <laughs> Holy crap. How about any of you? When you guys were starting out in this industry, did you face any problems like that? Well, me, that's why I needed to teach. That's why you have a teaching job. Huh, okay. But I, I do love teaching, so... I think the major lesson that a lot of newer artists need to learn is to learn how to balance their lives and actually yep. be able to pursue their art while sustaining themselves. If you're going to go freelance, save first. Save first. That would yeah. be your advice. Yes. Prepare emergency money. Now that we're talking about this, and you even talked about your contest to like find the talent within this sea of tons of people in the local crowd. For our listeners, since you guys started out as a bunch of friends, as a bunch of college friends, like a group of ragtag artists who just banded together to do something greater. For our listeners who are just starting out, for our listeners who are like budding artists, what would your advice be to someone like them who like walasil ang alam sa industry? Well, besides self-awareness and drive, I think one of the key things people miss is they have to build a portfolio for a specific industry. So a lot of artists, when you ask them, what type of job do you want? They're a little flaky with their answers, so they say concept artist, illustrator, I want to work for this company, I want to work for that company. Uh, my suggestion is you build a portfolio for a specific industry and you use that portfolio when you market yourself to that industry instead of building one portfolio online then sending it to everyone. Oh, because okay. project managers and art directors won't have the time to check out all your artworks if your artwork's like serious work, then right beside it is serious. kitty work. Crap, 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 crap. Serious, like cartoony, serious, uh, concept art, uh, like that. <laughs> That's so, some pretty serious advice. I mean, like, usually when I ask this question, people are like, oh, I don't know what to tell you because everyone does it different. But from an industry standpoint, that's very solid advice that you're giving yeah. because not everyone has the time to search through your whole portfolio. Yeah. And what you're saying is, if the tailor make your portfolio for every client that you're yeah. aspiring to work If you for, can do it, it would be best to do it. Because based on our experience, we've worked with different art directors and project managers from different studios and different clients and usually it takes around five to six pieces to see if you're really good okay. if your work is really consistent if we're gonna hire you if we're gonna use you what your strengths are what your weaknesses are so it won't take like hundreds and hundreds of artworks that you post and I suggest you don't post uh 
works in progress. Works in progress. Sketches. Yeah, don't, sketches. Don't sketches. Don't, I mean, don't send. Don't sketches. send. Don't sketches. include it in your portfolio. Yeah. Okay. No, no, no. Because it's a no, no. Let's say we're talking about the professional scene already. Though. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay. So let's say you want to be a professional freelancer and you use your let's say Deviant Art to apply for jobs. And when I'm a project manager and I check your gallery and I see like out of 20 artworks, 15 are works in progress. What would that tell me? Oh, like, so that'll tell you mm, he never he finishes yeah, anything. He can't yep. finish. He can't follow through. He can't make up his mind. Mm. Uh, he doesn't so have the time to finish. So first impressions are everything in the yeah. industry. It's either he can't finish or he. He doesn't have the skill level to finish the artwork. So he's not ready yet. Yeah. So that's what somebody looking at the portfolio yeah. might think. Yeah, as much ah. as possible, we want to show the client what they'll be paying for, what they will be expecting with the samples we send. I think we've been getting a very realistic view of the industry from you guys. And that's something I very much appreciate because a lot of the times when you talk to artists, they have these very lofty dreams and these very idealistic values. And a lot of the times they skimp over the details of like the realer facts of the industry. And you guys have given us the cold hard facts. And I think these things need to be said. And I'm glad that you guys have come on here and actually said these things. Is there anything else that you guys might want to tell younger artists? Uh, ask. Don't, Don't be, be afraid. To ask. Don't be afraid to ask. Don't ask. be afraid to but ask. We know a lot of artists, young artists, not amateurs, mm-hmm. no, uh, aspiring artists. Aspiring, aspiring artists. They go into this freelance work clients take advantage of them because they don't know oh that would be bad yeah they got paid like super minimum it's best if you do research about the industry you're applying for as Ask professional yeah, don't be asked if they don't answer they ask another that's a widespread problem these days of like underpaying artists yeah. so I like other artists on my Facebook because mm-hmm. they message me about rates I like those artists because they are willing to really learn about the industry I think that's something like a lot of artists face as a problem because usually when they're asked to price their works they have no idea yep. or sometimes some clients will approach them saying that oh this is pro bono or like ah, exposure oh, please do this for exposure yeah. yeah yeah like what are your feelings on that type of behavior in the industry like I mean <laughs> he's making a very angry face now this is great for an audio oh. format <laughs> uh, one of our studio policies we never take unpaid tests or work for exposure we just take a rate per illustration uh, as for rates we research we base it on our industry standards we from our projects usually when the client asks us for a rate I reply with five or six questions so I ask deadline production schedule how many steps is the process will we need to provide three sketches one color rough one final ink one final color how many pieces everything that we need to finalize the rate I ask everything then once everything is clear then we present our rate mm. I usually talk to the art directors first but you think this is fair you think we can do this or you think this is possible for an illustration sure <laughs> yeah and like there when I get approval from them and it's doable and it's workable I go back to the client and tell them I read if they find it too high we negotiate if they really can't afford it they pass and I tell them that I look forward to hearing from them if they ever need our services you really need yeah. that communication yeah that high level of communication with your client it's not even just the digital art industry I mean like a lot of the creative industry here locally suffers from that kind of mentality that art is something you can get for free yeah you know what i mean like yes, really, we got a lot of people. horror stories from young artists they show us this fully rendered illustration uh-huh. then i asked them is this a commission yes how much did you charge for this they say a really really low Smart. price no gulat na kami parang much more, more, more pa to eh dun sa china charge kasi hindi nila alam yeah. so the client take advantage of them and 
some clients will like threaten them like uh, but this artist much better but in a lower price so why are you doing this in a higher price so ang gagawin ng artist bababaan niya pa uh, so that suffers what do you think is causing this problem do you think it's the clients taking advantage of the artist or is it more of a case of the artist not both. knowing enough both both what are your thoughts on that if, from both sides if artists knew better if they knew about the industry standards and just the rates they wouldn't lower their rates because it kind of damages the industry as a whole for also, sure yeah also some clients are not transparent and like well oh yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah. Ship revolution. Ship revolution. <laughs> no, um, every time we present a project to our outsource yeah. we post the rates mm-hmm. where we really 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 transparent with our artists because from our experience artists work better when they feel that mm-hmm. we're not hiding anything from yeah. them do you think from the side of the clients is this something malicious or do they just not know enough well some it really depends on the client it really yeah, depends, depends. Yes. Uh-huh. some clients treat artists really really well collaboration process and everything and they pay you really well and when their product grows they increase your payment and everything it all really depends okay yeah. since the client is a very random aspect of this problem let's not talk about that let's talk about something that's on our side the artists so with artists not knowing enough not being aware of the industry standards how do you think we can fix this I mean say being an educator yourself what do you see in the educational system that is flawed because these students are going into art schools and like actually coming out without knowing anything about the actual industry actually there should be for example I teach in the animation course they should have a business a business side to business it, yeah? side to it yeah there are I mean uh, they have subjects for that I guess It's just not as emphasized enough, yeah. maybe? Maybe. Yeah. Also, maybe I think some, some student doesn't take it seriously. Yes, yeah. exactly. Oh, yeah. okay. So, we, we until they are out of For them, it's just another... It's boring. Uh, just another class. <laughs> another yeah? class, yep. yeah. So, at the end of the day, it's another problem of attitude, yeah? yeah? Yeah. Like, we still get applicants from local schools that apply to us. No introduction letter, just an attachment. No resume, just an attachment and an email. Like oh, wow. That's another them, thing. It's but... being taught in school. I mean, preparing a folio, preparing a resume. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, Ignore that. I don't know anything about the art industry, but a part of me feels like you guys have it tough. I mean, you guys, you guys have your heads on straight, and you guys know what's going on in the industry. But for all the new people, there doesn't seem to be like this consensus of public knowledge about how to value art or how to value an artist, and that kind of just blows my mind because with every other industry, the value of work is quantified. But when it comes to something creative, when it comes to art, when it comes to writing suddenly everyone's completely unsure and people start taking advantage people start like undercharging themselves undervaluing themselves why do you think this is is this a problem of culture is this a problem of how we view art Well, it's the double, double-sided problem then because based on the lack of self-awareness, some artists tend to overcharge them. So, there's another other side. There's that side of the problem too, yeah. huh? They overcharge without knowing that uh, the quality of art is not that actually worth it. You have to know na how much your art really is. It doesn't damage the industry standard as much as lowering your rate, but still, it still hurts your career to overcharge. Because once you overcharge a client, it's possible that they won't return or they won't come back for your service. Oh, that's a pretty good point. Hmm. So that's also damaging towards the industry. Yeah. Just to wrap up this discussion on like the state of the industry and like the education of the artist and the education of the client, 
what's your final thought on this? I mean, with you guys, like I said earlier, you guys have your head screwed on straight. You guys know what's going on. Um, my initial question for the starting artist, for someone who's just consolidating their very first portfolio, what would your advice be? If you were to give a single piece of advice to an artist just starting out with their first portfolio, what would you give them? What have you learned and what would you tell them? If you were to say one thing. One thing? Well, to summarize everything is just to be self-aware. So yeah. it goes back to your earlier principle. Yeah, self-aware of your position, of your industry, of your job, or what you were hired to do, what you love to do. What do you want to work on? What do you want to get paid? What do you want to learn? If you're aware of everything, you can push yourself oh, okay. forward. Recently, we started an event called Project Arc. Project Arc, what is that? Yeah, uh, we offer free portfolio reviews. So usually what you heard us say about the industry, something that we share to everyone who attends Project Arc. It's like a monthly meetup of aspiring artists and we review their portfolios and we give them advice on huh. their career. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And it's free. And it's free. And it's free. <laughs> cool. After doing around 20 Four. workshops. 20? Um, how, how long have you guys been doing this? Uh, since 2012. 2012? You guys have been doing Project Arc for... Uh, no, no, no. Uh, the workshops. workshops. Oh, the workshops. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. We've done workshops since 2012. Then we did our last local workshop with Chris last summer in April. Then we decided to stop because it was taking too much time out of our schedule. Uh -huh. and, some and, find it expensive. Yeah, some people find it expensive. That's why we made and, something free. And then I talked to Chris and thought, why don't we make a free portfolio for you and see who's really interested. Who's, who's really interested and who's saying that uh, our workshops are too expensive and stuff like that. So we offered it for free. The first arc did pretty okay I think it's like around 8 to 10 people came mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and showed their work to us and everything and gave them advice but as Project Arc pushes forward the number of people who attend Project Arc decreases so we're not really it's sure not, it's not really it's not really about the price because we're offering it for free uh -huh. free advice like what we shared right now which is yeah like, yeah totally free yeah, advice so we're, we're pretty transparent with the local artists and aspiring artists and we tell them everything and their attitude towards how they react by knowing everything we just told them is what will push their career forward. Alright. So, okay, I know this industry and I know what I have to do. I know how to portfolio. Now, what's your attitude? What's your mindset in dealing with that problem? Okay, so now we're talking about Project Arc. When do you guys do this? Like, if I were an artist and I wanted to get in on Project Arc, how would I do this? We announced Project Arc on our Facebook page, Venture mm -hmm. Revolution. We announce it once a month. You can email us your online portfolio so we can check in in advance, plus to register. So once you do that, we'll reply with a location and a time and a date. We don't really announce it because we don't... Some might try to kill us. <laughs> <laughs> or the place that we were trying to stay for like three to four hours might find out and like boot us out or something. Oh, wow. And so then, it's a very guerrilla kind yeah, of yeah, like, thing. Like, we're, we're we were saying, oh, we're gonna meet at August 29. We're gonna be at Coffee Bean and Tea Leaf, Loretta Branch, and we're gonna be here at this time to this time, and you can find us there. And we just held one earlier. Uh, there are around three people who came. Three people. Yeah. So is, is that a good number for you no, guys? No. No. Uh, so we're we're thinking like, okay, our workshops didn't work. Our project arc isn't working. So how the <laughs> how the hell are we gonna help the local art industry? Oh man. Since if they're not willing to put in the time because we're spending our whole entire Saturday giving out free advice and nobody's like you should be working right yeah. now man I, I am feeling your frustration right now dollars. I mean you guys 
you guys work so hard in your individual industries and you guys work hard submitting things to your individual clients and here you guys are trying to give back to the community and I can sense nope. your frustration with like not being able to give out your help. Yep. Oh man. I don't know. That's and the, the, the funny thing <laughs> is when we started out Gunship Revolution one of our main goals was to start the digital art school. Really? So if stuff like this uh, is a sign that there, there's no market for it there's no interest or there's there are no students for our school we might as well not start an art school at all so. oh man that's kind of disheartening yeah. to me because like your initial vision of opening up an art school that's very admirable because like i think a lot of the people here on the local scene deserve something like that and you guys are amazing to be able to put that in your long-term goal because usually a person can't look past their own goals in life their own objectives in life and you guys look far enough to think about the long-term health of your industry i think we planned out around five years in advance oh, wow so every time we push forward a year we plan another year forward you know to the regular joe you guys like seem like yung sabi nga nito kanina god tier pero you guys say yourselves that you guys are still learning you guys yeah. are still in the process of improving yourselves constant yeah. constant learning and just as a personal opinion i say never stop i say never stop trying to give to the community and things like that We'll stop when we're dead. <laughs> <laughs> I wish you all the luck when it comes to like stuff like Project Arc and your your art school idea. I mean, like I hope you guys yeah, haven't given up we, on that. If we push to yeah, I hope you guys don't give up on that. It seems like a really great that's idea. A, community. <laughs> that's a community. Yeah, what we learned from what we learned from Mangaholics. we support you and we you know, we miss Mangaholics and you keep saying that, but we were just releasing around eight thousand copies and we couldn't sell out all that. 8,000 copies where were the sports? oh man I'm sensing a trend in my interviews because like I talked to other people in other industries and this was their same problem yeah I, this was their same exact know, problem like saying we support you and we do this and we do that but when it comes down to the action when it comes down to putting out actual cash for it or something just to give you an idea I interviewed these people who are into the local fighting game community mm -hmm. and they're trying to organize tournaments stuff like that and like trying to gather interest so we can have a local scene here maybe go to Evo that kind of shit yeah. they would organize all this shit and like everyone would be like game and then at the end of the day like two people show up three people awesome. show up awesome. uh, I'm sensing like an overarching issue here when it comes to the local scene do you think it's a problem of drive do you think it's a problem of commitment it's a nationwide problem it's of follow-throughs follow-through huh <laughs> yeah the value of your word ng taos ano is pababa and pababa like you can easily promise going or I'm going to do this I'm going that oh, yeah yeah I'm gonna go there I'm gonna buy this I'm gonna buy that no but, one's holding them to their word that they're gonna follow through so. oh man I really hope that's just like uh yung napapansin namin trend na yung mga tao actual na follow through is bumababa let's say yung mga problem siya talaga all over the place like parang let's say sabihin natin it's like an unhealthy guy trying to get healthy ah ano magdadahit ako bukas ganyan like if you can't make promise uh, if you can't do the small things yeah big promises involves other people it's not going to follow through it affects everyone like that's very like mysterious to me right now that's something I didn't expect to be learning starting this podcast I just really wanted to interview interesting local people and you guys are as interesting as they come for sure and like it's, it's just really surprising to me for this overarching 
local problem to be rearing its ugly head in front of me and like it's been a common trend in a lot of my interviews this is a recurring problem that there is no drive there is no commitment <sighs> i really hope that's just like a passing problem for us and i hope that we as a people can improve on that <laughs> is there anything else you guys want to talk about let's <laughs> I think I just brought down the mood. <laughs> I, like it's kind of depressing. Well, um, it's a tip for aspiring artists in terms of revisions and everything. Anki mindset is always a venture proposition when taking in revision. So when you talk to aspiring artists, a lot of them like saying, "Ah, revisions in man, corrections in man. Ah, ano no leading going? Ganyan ayusin ko yun." Our main attitude, kaya hindi kami nabrought down by revisions and corrections and stuff like that. Absorb the message, not the delivery. That's pretty kaya, solid advice. Yeah. So kaya dino pang delivery sales. I'm not gonna expect every client we have to have perfect communication skills. skills yeah. yeah. So sometimes they'll be rude, sometimes they'll be short and brief instructions and everything and we'll just observe the message. Okay, here's what we did wrong, here's what we need to do to fix it. The end. It's not like I get over emotional yeah, about something that I have no control over. So that's some pretty solid advice, dude, yeah. because like it's very normal for someone to not be able to take criticism properly or in a constructive manner. Some problem then. Yeah, yeah. So one of the things you're saying is absorb the message, not the delivery. Yeah, that's that's some pretty solid damn advice, man. Di ko may mga pag-comment about na local talaga, kasi madami mga hurt. Kaya kaya mag-street to the point kami or kasi if we sugarcoat yung mga comments namin to like people that are proper reviews namin or yung ano, ano mo papalani lang? Hindi namin sila natulungan. And at the end of the day, I bet you guys masakit rin yun eh, cause you guys want the help. Yeah. Oh man. Kaya sa men, sa men sa men, we don't sugarcoat our comments to each other. Isa. Eh, not so many more. Yeah, many na tumi. Eh, ano? Many lighting niyan. So derecho lang, kasi sugarcoating is wasting our time. You guys have a lot in common with like another artist friend of mine that I interviewed. Like he's very honest with his criticism. He's very honest when it comes to like critiquing other people's you work. Uh -huh. You have to. You gonna learn. It. Like he, he was one of my previous guests. Um, Rob Jam. I know you guys yeah. listened to his interview. One of his drives was like, I want to improve. I want to get better. That's why I treat people like this, so they treat me the same way. And I think that's one of the key pieces of advice that we have to take away today. And um, trying not to be like, I, I really don't want to end this on a tragic note for our country. Like, oh my god. So, like, I want to talk more about Project Arc just one quick bit. When are you guys holding another one? Or is that a very spontaneous thing? We're, we're on yeah. our last two sessions. Last two sessions. Last yeah. two sessions. Next month, September and October. Uh, so, so September and October in every uh, last 2015. Saturday of the month. Every last Saturday Usually of the every month. last Saturday uh, of the month. So, we've talked a lot about the industry and I think I've learned a lot. I think I've learned about how artists live their everyday lives, how you guys got started off, I mean, with the dinosaurs, <laughs> and all sorts of stuff like that. I think I've walked out of this interview with a better knowledge of how your industry works. And I really, really admire how you guys managed to pull off these gigantic projects, but at the same time, remain this low profile, very humble and very self-aware entity that's something that's kind of rare you know what I mean and like don't take this as flattery or anything I'm just trying to like express my thoughts in a very lucid manner right now it's very late and uh, <laughs> um, so <laughs> Weak shit! Ganun ba? O kayo, 6am pa kayo matulog eh, no? Deadline pa mamaya. 
<laughs> Holy shit. So just to end our show, like, is there anything you guys want to plug? Maybe individually? Like, if someone were to want to get in touch with you guys, first of all, like you said a while ago, your Facebook page. Uh, Gunship Revolution. Facebook.com slash Gunship Revolution. Yeah. What about uh, you guys as individuals? Do you guys want to plug anything individually or nothing? Or just, just Gunship? Group? Yeah, just go to our website, GunshipRevolution.com. GunshipRevolution.com. Yeah. All right. Any other events you'd like to promote? Um, anything like that? No. Just our contest. Just the contest in this coming September with Comic Con. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That sounds good so far. Wow. Now, like, very straight to the point. And uh, thank you for having me here today. And like, thank you for letting me invade your friend's house to have you guys on. It was very nice no of you guys. We paid him with pizza. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you guys brought like a shitload of pizza here. And. This is a show where I usually have coffee with my guests, but I'm the only one having a coffee. And you guys had like loads of pizza, pasta, and potatoes. It's kind of awesome. It's kind of awesome seeing you guys like load up for a work day. Because <laughs> I'm sure you guys are going to be busy later with what all of you guys said a while ago. If you, were, if you guys were offended, it was yellow cab pizza for me. <laughs> it was yellow cab pizza, guys. <laughs> Please sponsor us. <laughs> Anyways, it was lovely having you guys. I think I learned a ton. And thank you for taking your time to speak with me. Sure. No. <laughs> it's on our schedule. It's on our schedule. Oh man. Just send in the check for <laughs> Just send in the interview. Check. You know. uh, how many hours? We so don't do free uh, interviews. Uh, <laughs> we're already ready. Yeah. Bye. 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 We're done. We're done. We're done. We're done. We're done. Time to eat again. And that was another episode of A Meal in the Morning at Night. Follow our Facebook page at facebook.com slash a meal in the morning at night for announcements on when the next episode is out. And if you'd like to get in touch with us, you can reach us at at Emil Tang on Twitter. That's at E-M-I-L-E-T-A-N-G. And if you'd like to send us an email, you can send it over to emilinthemorning at gmail.com. Once again, thank you to everyone for joining us for another episode of A Meal in the Morning at Night. And if you're like me, thank you for starting your day with us this fine evening. And to the rest of you people out there, a good night.